Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to be talking about friendship, trauma, self-worth, how to create better friendships, how to learn from those friendships that you had, all kinds of stuff. So just listen in. Thank you for coming. Hi there. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Nicole D. And I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today's episode or this episode is helpful for you. I hope that it's enlightening, encouraging, empowering, and that you leave feeling so much better, have a a brighter outlook, and are just happy to experience more life. And we are back with the next episode. And today we're going to be talking about trauma and its impact on friendships. And we're not going to be talking about your trauma. We're going to be talking about mine. And I hope that as I dive into um, some of my most intimate memories that you are inspired to do the same and either start your own healing journey or maintain your current healing journey and find that courage and that that power to keep moving, okay? So we're just going to jump right into it. And if you were um, on my last episode when I talked about opportunity, then you know that I got into college without much thought. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, you don't need to listen to it to listen to this episode, but do go back and watch or excuse me, listen to um, that episode. But we're going to just jump right into it. Um, when I got to college, my earliest adult memory of um, sabotaging uh, the possibility of a great friendship was when I got to college, I was 18. Seven, I just made 18 years old. It was a month into being 18 and just a girl from California, 2000 miles away from home. Courageous. Yes. Lost. Yes. <laughs> know what I was doing? No. They have a clue. But I got there because I just knew that this was going to be a great experience somehow. So as time progresses in that first semester of college, I meet some amazing women who were smart, who were funny, who were disciplined, who went to class unlike myself, um, who knew what they wanted out of life. They were so confident and just had a plan. And the more I hung out with them, the more I saw how much I was not like them, even though I had aspired to be. Um, I admired them, but I just didn't feel like I had those same aspirations. Um, Even though I wanted them, I wanted them. I I really did. I just, I didn't know what, who, when, where, why, how. I just didn't know how to get there. Didn't know if I could get there. I didn't see myself there. So, of course... I moved away, backed out of the friendship, stopped coming around, um, and I began to hang with other groups of friends who did not have those same values, and they actually had more values that aligned with my current values at that time, and they were very much toxic. Um, I really had low self-esteem. I had low confidence. I did not think very highly of myself, which is why I did not entertain uh, those friendships. And there's a quote that says, um, you attract who you are. And 
I kind of disagree. I believe that all, all types of amazing people are around us um, and a variety of people are around us, you know, good character, poor character, you know, and everything in between. And I believe that we entertain um, the people that we um, see ourselves with or we see ourselves in, excuse me, we entertain who we see ourselves in, or we entertain what we've experienced. So if our um, upbringing or, you know, our environment at home was chaotic, we're going to entertain people who reflect that. Um, If they're giving us energy that is not consistent, that is not committed, that is... um, you know, not trustworthy, that where they might be physically or verbally even abusive, we're going to entertain that if that's what our environment was. And so here I am entertaining the very people that my environment was, you know. Um, And so I began to make some very poor decisions um, as a reflection of how I felt about myself. And those decisions led me into a almost six-year undergraduate run. Um, It took me that long to graduate because of my decisions. And me living in such a survival mode while in college. Uh, All of the people that I was around, we literally were all in survival mode. And my friendships were um, very superficial, very surface very emotionally unavailable. So we weren't talking about emotions and how we felt about school and how we felt about our upbringings or our lives or or even sharing day-to-day emotions. I think the only thing we talked about was being angry and sad. <laughs> angry and sad were the only emotions that we gave energy to um, and not anything else. And so I related to them because they related to me. We were all peas in a pod, you know, And those relationships did not bring out the best in me. I didn't bring out the best in them. It was just toxic all the way around. And I don't ever want to, you know, say things like those people were bad. We all were in a state of survival um, because of our upbringing. And I remember, you know, one of my really good college friends and I call them really good friends because at the time we were the best of friends, even in all of our toxic behaviors. Um, but one thing I know is when you're in survival mode, stress, any type of stress can trigger you and it can literally become very overwhelming in life. And I remember, um, you know, most of my friends that I started with did not finish. Um, some of them dropped out, went back home, what have you. And I remember being upset with one of my friends who was like a semester away from graduating and I was, I just couldn't believe she had given up. But now I'm looking back and I have a different perspective that what if life was just too much? What if college was just too much? And when you're in survival mode, you're already on edge with anxiety and anything, any bit of stress can be very much overwhelming. And I really want to apologize to her because I really was upset. I was upset. And obviously no one wants to drop out of college, especially when you have the funds to pay for it. And it's not like it was a loan. It was literally scholarships. So it was almost free money. You know, you're earning it by playing. But yeah, I digress. I feel bad now. And um, but that was one of my good friends. And 
Yeah, but all of my friendships, I will say, when I was in college were very surface, superficial. Um, like I said before, we did not talk about a range of emotions. We literally laughed everything away and we tucked a lot of our issues away and we connected on the surface. But deep down inside, we all knew that we had something going on back home and, and this was our escape from that reality. So no one really brought it up you know, so to speak. And if we did, we laughed it away. You know, we put humor on top of everything. And, and that's where we connected. We got, we laughed and laughed and laughed. And that's why we had such a great time in the midst of our toxicity. It's because we laughed. And some of the challenges was just not building a connection um, underneath that surface. And now if I had any regrets, that would be it. But at the same time, I appreciate them the way they are because I would not have these types of reflections in order to heal from that. And so um, going back from my adult time, my first adult uh, realization that I was sabotaging my friendships and being in relationships that just were not beneficial, but they were a reflection of how I felt about myself. My earliest memories of relationships were, you know, in kindergarten where I was in a split classroom, first and second grade. And there was, I was in kindergarten, the young lady, I, was, I had a bully. She was in first grade and um, she bullied me every day, every day, every day until I finally got tired and stood up for myself. Um, and that was just between me and her. No one else ever got involved. It was always just me and her. Um every day until I got tired of it. <laughs> um, but in between, you know, that age and about fourth grade, I was, that's when I really started to experience a lot of um, abuse in all forms. And I began to shut down. In addition to that abuse, I moved a lot. So I never was able to make friend connections and um, moving and starting over just became a normal thing for me. So I always expected no connection, which is just another thing. We're just going with the flow. And um, by the time I got to about third grade, I began to act out finally. Um, my shutdown mode was over and I began to act out. And in those uh, grades, I was connecting with people who were going through something at home as well. And the only reason why I say that, they didn't tell me, but that type of behavior in a third grader, you know, what, eight eight years old, um, it's just not normal. It's not normal. Um, and we got in trouble a lot together, <laughs> unfortunately. I chuckle now because I can't believe um, that was me, you know, just that hurt little girl and who I am today. But it was and I am. Fast forward, um, I will say that even in the midst of all that, I was still a leader. I was still, you know, very vocal, so to speak, in, in different environments where I felt like my voice was actually going to matter. Um, but yeah, fast forward to fourth grade. I'm finally in a place where I'm settling, where moving is no longer on the table. And so I can finally put roots in the ground and... I began um, most of my relationships with heavy observation um, because I just could not put myself in a position um, 
just to be hurt again in any capacity. I just, I was in a new place where the abuse had finally ended. And um, yeah, so I just, I really had to, I started to say, you know, Nicole, we got to take care of us. You know, this is, this is something that we can't allow it to happen again. So we're going to have to be careful here with all of our interactions. And um, according to psychology, just some of the challenges in friendships and relationships in general, when you are a child who's experienced trauma, whether it's a one-time event or ongoing events, which for me, it was very much ongoing. Um, it's a, we have challenges in communication, challenges in trust and challenges in intimacy. So when I talked about those relationships, um, in college, that was where we struggled. And it's amazing that even though we did not have that intimacy and we really were poor in communication, somehow we managed to have a little bit of trust. Um, but my low self-worth, y'all, is what led me to that um, and led me to having that perspective, right? And that belief system that said I could not have good relationships, because good relationships that I was supposed to have did not happen. They did not happen. So um, one thing that I must say that I still have to be mindful of, and even in those moments where I got settled finally, um, that when I was triggered, when a, a situation or an interaction with someone um, aroused a memory, a painful memory. Um, I was triggered and I either gave one of three responses, which is the fight, flight, or freeze. And it's the body's response to, you know, something that is alarming it. And the fight could be, you know, attacking someone verbally, physically, um, being demanding or controlling, um, the flight would be avoiding the confrontation altogether, panicking or being impulsive. Um, freeze would be, you know, feeling helpless or shutting down. And I did all of them, mostly flight or freeze because I just did not want the attention. Oh my goodness, I did not want the attention. So I would do the shutdown or just avoid it altogether because that was the way. I dealt with it. I was in a household that was very, very physically abusive, mentally abusive. So I literally just shut down. I just shut down. I knew that if I spoke up in those situations of, you know, those moments of um, trauma, that it didn't matter. It There was no verbally, you know, voicing my concern or fighting back or it was none of that. So I did the opposite right? Um, I just shut down. And as I grew up, I, I realized, you know, middle school and stuff, I was very reserved. And I was, I like lived in this survival mode of flight and freeze every day. <laughs> I lived in that mode. Um, and there were little instances, you know, where I finally felt a bit of safety where I would, you know, come out of it a little bit. But I still remained there and I didn't even realize it. I really did not realize it. And this affected all of my relationships 
because I was unable to connect with them. And at any moment of conflict, any moment of uh, trigger, I was out. I was out of there. So I never really gave opportunity for really good friendships. I had, you know, this one friend in fifth grade who was amazing. um, And her name was Nicole, too. And shout out to her. (laughs) I don't know where she is today, but shout out to her. Um, middle school, I, I I had friends, but we all were in survival mode. All of us got to college. We were all in survival mode. You know, and it's amazing that the culture really perpetuates this because of our experiences, you know, living in poverty or, you know, going to a school where you don't have great resources. Like these are all traumatic experiences. It doesn't have to be, you know, childhood abuse, but let me move forward. <laughs> so in my friendships, I really did not connect. Even in my relationships, my romantic relationships prior to now, I just did not connect. Um, I was afraid of it. I had a boyfriend one time who at the time knew me better than I knew myself. And y'all, it was terrifying. I could not fathom someone knowing me better than I knew myself. And I ran away from that. Um, it, it scared the, the living daylights out of me because uh, I felt like it was going to be a repeat of what I experienced as a child. Um, it wasn't until I rededicated my life to God that I began to see more clearly, um, that I began to read the Bible and my mind was renewed, that I began to see myself the way God sees me, that I'm accepted in the beloved, that I'm the apple of his eye, that I'm the head and not the tail, that I began to see my value, that things began to change. You know, I was no longer walking around with this wall guarded, protecting myself from people and from love, from entering while reliving the pain behind those walls. You know, it was counterproductive to what I thought I was doing. You know, I thought I was preserving myself and I'm in these relationships with the wall up, you know, and I'm standing next to a person because I only entertain people like me. So I'm standing next to a person who has, you know, a wall up as well. We're just banging brick. We're not getting anywhere. We're just banging brick, brick walls. And that was the gist of my relationships until I started reading the Bible. And I learned not only how God sees me and I began to see myself in that light, but how to interact with other people. You know, I learned about love, what 1 Corinthians 13 says, and I learned about, you know, bearing with one another, being compassionate, restoring someone if they fall. I learned that if you want friends, you have to be friendly. I learned that iron sharpen iron. So there's a certain type of friendship that I need. I can't just have anyone because they actually have to add some type of value to my life, which means they have to have value. Not that every, and I'm not saying that people are not valuable. I mean that they have to be aware and be providing something right? Because there are people that would just take from you and have no regard for it. You know, when I began to see myself the way God sees me, I was no longer tolerating people who were just benefiting from my brokenness. I was no longer tolerating people who were only there to get what they could get from me and not pour back into me. I was no longer the doormat. I was no longer the dumping ground for everybody's problems, right? I was no longer the person that they could take advantage of and just leave. So as I began to heal and see myself the way God sees me, a lot of people kind of fell off and my relationships got more rich 
because I began to become the person that wanted a friend, right? I began to be that person that I was looking for. And the more I healed, the higher my expectations became because in a friendship that is because I began to see more of my worth and I don't deserve to be mistreated. And it's not that people aren't going to make mistakes. That is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about um, our imperfect selves being imperfect. We're talking about people deliberately having character issues here. One of the things that I am, and y'all, y'all flow with me because I never have a script for these. I just talk. (laughs) I just share my heart when it comes to these topics. Um, But one of the things that I, I think we, we don't look at is the power of observation. When you are observing someone, we have to recognize that humans, we're creatures of habit. We do the same thing every day. Um, which is why we are where we are. Regardless of where that is, that's why we're there because of our habits. And when somebody has been doing the same thing for a period of time, they all of a sudden stop, we have to recognize that there has been a shift. Changing a habit doesn't happen overnight. So if there's an abrupt shift, that something happened. And when you bring that information to a person who shifted and they deny it, that is, you know, that's a character flaw at that point. Because now you don't have, um, you know, the emotional IQ that says, you know, let me communicate what went wrong here or why wait until someone brings it to you to express a concern. You know, I think that that is something that where I am now, I want to entertain and we all have the right to entertain who we want to entertain in our friendships, um, that's 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 your prerogative and there are people who have those same values so if someone is upset about that you know it really is a conversation for you and someone else you know what you all want to entertain between the two of you but as for me this is what my expectations are for my relationships but there was a time when I didn't have any expectations because of my worth and how I viewed myself, I just accepted being in the room. I ex- I just accepted the crumbs from the table, the bare minimum. And now I don't accept the bare minimum. So how we view ourselves is a reflection, is, is definitely reflected in our relationships. It is, it is, is absolutely. And this is one thing that we do as well. We chase people who remind us of our experiences. So now when I look back at myself, I see that I was around people who were doing me dirty, who were betraying me, backstabbing me, you know, all of that with no regard. And I still befriended them. And I see some people now doing that thing that I was doing. You know, the people who really don't care about you, you support them heavily the people you love, who love you and have always been genuine, you ignore. And that means that you view yourself as not worthy enough to be in the company of those people. And that's exactly what I did. So we really have to reflect on how do I view myself? Am I allowing myself to receive good things or do I side eye 
every person on earth because I have trust issues. Because my parents did not show me love, did not show me affection, did not validate me, were not present, whether it was physically, whether it was emotionally, whether they betrayed you by not being there, right? By not being there. Maybe they were a single parent and they worked a lot. And and while you're appreciative of, you know, them providing financially and, and you know, your basic needs as far as a roof over your head and water and, and all of that, you still were neglected as an emotional being, right? And so now you're seeking those connections, but you don't know how to seek those connections, if that makes sense. You want something. Like I mentioned before, I wanted the relationship with them. Just didn't know how, why. What, I didn't know where to begin. And that's where many of us are. We're, we're sabotaging real, genuine people in the relationship that we have with them because of how we view ourselves. And so in this season, God wants us to heal because if we are playing tit for tat, if we are not communicating, if we are paranoid of everyone, if we are not um, being consistent, keeping our word, we're going to miss out on that. But these are all, you know, symptoms of a bigger issue. And it's not about the relationship that you're trying to build, but about the relationship you have with yourself. So we got to heal. And that's when our relationship will get better. And I will tell you, the word of God taught me how to interact with people, gave me the practical skills that I needed. And then therapy gave me the practical skills to handle my triggers because I will be triggered. We will be triggered, right? Because we're all imperfect beings and we won't be 100% healed while on this earth. So we will need to get awareness around our triggers and it's no one's responsibility. I had to learn that. It is no one else's responsibility to monitor and manage and heal my triggers. It's my responsibility. And it's also my responsibility to communicate that. Hey friend, you know, when we when we had this conversation, I was triggered. Um, but I don't want you to think that, you know, you can't be you. This is just something that I'm aware of and I'm going to be working on. Um, if you see it, you know, make note of it or, you know, like your friends who love you are going to want to help you walk through your triggers, but it's still not their responsibility. So that's where I am. That's where I am. And it's a good place to be. And, um, I remember, a couple of years ago, I created this Google form, a friendship assessment, and I put some questions on there. Um, what are my three biggest strengths, my three biggest weaknesses, something that I can improve on? And I sent it to all my friends and I made it to where they could submit it anonymously so they did not have to worry about, oh my gosh, Nicole's going to be hurt by what I said. I really wanted them to be able to give me honest feedback. Um, and it was a great. I, I, I really appreciate my friends for that. And um, I also created this event out of it because I know that I've benefited greatly from friendship. But I know that according to statistics, that a lot of people have a lot of friends, but they're still lonely. And it's because we don't have that connection. It's because we have, you know, some trauma that is unresolved, right? And so I created an event called Friendshipping where I help people make connections, um, where I provide certain questions 
that really hit below the surface. And they're very strategic um, questions that I provide. And there have been some great connections that have come out of each of the events that I've put on. And shameless plug, but I will be doing this again um, in the near future. And I hope that you're you listening, you're there because it's it's a thing. And I don't want you to be lonely. Like why why spend your life on this beautiful earth and be lonely? Mm-mm. So from my heart to yours, I hope that this was encouraging, empowering, inspiring, and all of those words that bring you to a place to go out and continue your journey or start your own. Um, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me. Um, I will be uh, starting to interview for season two. Uh, so if you have a story, I'll be interviewing that entire season. So if you have a story, you have a journey that you want to share, a specific um, memory that you've healed from or something that you want to share, I would love to interview you for my podcast for season two. Um, but in the meantime, you can always leave me a voice message if this was impactful to you. If you if it resonated with you in any way on the show notes, you will see a, a link um, to leave me a voice message. And I would love to hear from you. So uh, thank you for listening to Heart to Heart with Nicole D. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at I am Nicole Evans. Until we meet again. Bye. You just listened to Heart to Heart with Nicole D. I'm so glad you're here. Make sure that you leave me a rating on anywhere where you are listening to this podcast. Be sure to share this information and check me out at www.iamnicoleevans.com or I'm on Instagram at I am Nicole Evans, Twitter at I am Nicole Evans, Facebook, Nicole Evans Ministries, connect with me. I would love to meet you um, and learn more about you next time.